Inflation expectations continue to be an influence on the markets and tech stocks are paying the price for that this morning whilst the pound is racing ahead. Could that be because Boris Johnson has told the Brits that from Monday they can start hugging each other again? Only people you know, obviously. Uh, We'll take a look at yesterday's Aussie retail numbers and the NAB business survey, plus tonight's budget. And inflation in China, we get PPI and CPI today. The rise in commodities very likely to have shown its mark on those PPI numbers. It's Tuesday, the 11th of May, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a mixed result for U.S. equities, but generally a bad day for tech stocks with the Nasdaq down 2.3%. The Dow managed to scrape a 0.2% gain, a 0.7% fall for the S&P, whilst European shares down, but not a great deal. And uh, not much movement in the U.S. dollar or most currencies, except the pound, which has uh, rocketed up 1.1%, while the euro is down slightly. The Aussie dollar pushed up to 78.9 U.S. cents, which was a a two-month high, but then it's drifted back down to uh, where it was around this time yesterday, basically which is just below 78.5 US cents. And 10-year Treasury yields have edged up three basis points as inflation concerns start to mount and commodities are mixed. But copper, which hit a record high, has come off the boil a little. And you can boil copper, of course, 2,927 degrees C. That's today's piece of useless information. Don't ever put your finger in it to test the temperature. Uh, Nothing useless about what Rodrigo Cotrill has to say, though. Senior FX strategist at NAB in Sydney. Did you know the boiling point of copper? Of course you did, Rodrigo. I won't even... Uh, won't, of course uh, I do. Uh, I'm from yeah. Chile. <laughs> of course, there we are. It's ingrained in you. Uh, look, this big uh, currency move, the pound... Um, I mean, I'm I'm reading that some of this is down to the to the Scottish elections. The fact the SNP didn't get a majority, but they, they were one short. But that's not actually that can't really be the case, can it? Because I mean, the Greens won independence too. They got eight seats, so it's not going to stop them pushing for for a uh, for a vote. And as we were saying yesterday, uh, you know, it's going to take some time before they get around to that anyway. Yes, uh, morning, Phil. I, I suppose the, the 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 stars were aligning for 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 cable to 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 perform, and it wasn't kind of quite you know fully performed. So it does suggest that the market mm. was a little bit sort of waiting to see how these elections would play out uh, to really kind of, with confidence, if you like, uh, put put on some upward pressure on on on, on the pound. So, um, uh, and, and as you point out, uh, the, the outcome from the election wasn't quite there in terms of triggering an immediate election. Whilst at the same time, we know that politicians in Scotland and and in London. Are very much focused on the idea of, of getting the economy out of out of COVID and in terms of the pandemic uh, from yeah. a health perspective, but also from an economic perspective. Well, so, that's good, and that's got to be what's driving the, the cable more, isn't it? The fact you know, so today we had uh, the the alert levels gone down from four to three, which now means apparently you can hug people. It's not compu- compulsory, but <laughs> you can find someone who'll give you a hug. You can have one, uh, and uh, you know, and the numbers are so low. In fact, it's curious, isn't it? Because in the US. And the UK, they've both vaccinated about 76% of the population, a little bit less than that because, of course, there's, uh, you know, some people who had double vaccines. Yep. But the daily death rate in the US is still six or 700. In the UK, it's like five or 10 a day now, actually, and it seems to be getting less every day. So it's, it shows, doesn't it? If you lock down and then you, you know, hopefully open up when you through the worst of it, then the economy can bounce back. Yeah, and you can, you know... Sp- probably save lives as well and, and, and put less pressure on yeah, the healthcare. Yeah, all that good so stuff. That. Absolutely. But I mean, that's that's going to be part of the enthusiasm for the pound right Certainly. now, when you look at those yeah, numbers. Yeah, and we, we also got to remember that into, even from the Bank of England and, and the projections from uh, from the government as well, is that the economy is now, you know, expected to, to have a decent growth spurt of, you know, 7% this year 
and, and, and not mm-hmm. dissimilar number uh, next year as well. So in that regard, we're seeing that sort of leading role, if you like, from the UK, uh, away from what we were seeing from the US, uh, um, you know, a few months ago. Um, so it favors the views that, that the pound should be trading higher. And of course, it will bring forward those, those talks about tapering and, and even discussions around when will the, the Bank of England start consider, considering, yeah. you know, rate hikes or pulling back some of those stimulatory measures next year. Well, inflation fears, of course, very big in the United States as well. And obviously, that's a little bit to do with uh, what we saw with uh, tech stocks, in fact, stocks generally. But I mean, if we look at the tech stocks, Apple uh, down uh, 2.5%, Facebook lost 4.2%, Microsoft 1.9%, Tesla's down 5.6%. Inflation would be part of this, wouldn't it? And again, you know, this, this focus on the cyclicals as well, because the banks are up, a lot of retails up as well. Walmart, Walmart for example, uh, risen quite a bit today. Yes. So it, I suppose this has sort of been simmering in the background for quite some time. But Friday's payrolls numbers, which again paint the picture that, um, you know, sure, maybe it's a one-off, but it does suggest that uh, the recovery in the labor market in the UK is not going to be as quick as many had expected. Um, and the implications of that is that the Fed uh, will keep you know, its foot on the easy pedal for, for a lot longer. Um, and, and the implications of that, of course, is that then this is a pretty benign environment for instigating growth and, and also um, you know the issues around supply and therefore uh, inflation expectations. And what we saw at the open this week is a huge rise in commodity prices with, with iron ore at one stage yeah. jumping over 10%. Uh, copper was also making new highs. So this, this again sort of brought forward this, 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 this notion that, hey, there's, there's a huge demand spurt, but there's not enough supply to, to, to provide for this increase in demand and therefore we're seeing prices go up. And therefore, we've seen inflation expectations rising, and, and we've seen a significant yeah. movement in volatility in terms of um, inflation expectations that you see in the bond market in the US. Just to give you a sense, I, I was looking at it this morning, and uh, the, the, the wide range of the 10-year break-even, which is this inflation expectation component within the nominal yield, when payrolls came, it dropped to, um, to around 241, uh, or let's say just under 240. Um, and then today it traded to a high of 258. So that's a, almost a 20 basis point range in the space of, you know, 24 hours, if you like. So it's, it's quite yeah. volatile, but it's certainly rising and, and the market is, is paying attention. And as you say, from an equity perspective, those growth stocks that, um, you know, have all these, you know, cash flows and expectations of earnings projected over the long term uh, get affected by, by, you know, as inflation expectations rise. And, and it means that you have to discount them at a, at a much higher rate. Yeah, which is what we're seeing. And you mentioned a one-off on uh, those, you know, where those Friday job numbers are one-off. Well, Charles Evans from the Chicago Fed was saying that overnight. Uh, it, you know, here I guess it was a one-off. Uh, we're going to see strong growth for the remainder of the year. It's really labor supply shortages rather than demand shortages, which I guess he's sort of saying it's the it's the r- wrong people for the right jobs, which of course, you know, again is, you know, a consequence of the supply chains being so disjointed and if they work themselves out then hopefully the, the job numbers will start to rise and, and people will be taking them yes uh, certainly that that's one component and the other component is that we got to remember that in terms of uh, what central banks want to see is they actually want to see a rise in wages uh, wages growth so mm. all of this is kind of playing to 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 the plan uh, uh, the question is how quickly it's going to happen or whether it gets out of hand uh, 
But sadly, the idea is that we want to see more people employed and we also want to see uh, people getting better, better pay for it. So uh, it's, it's a dynamic that is sort of consistent with, with uh, what central banks are trying to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, another short-term inflationary thing is the price of, uh, of oil or the price of petrol uh, on the East Coast of America. That colonial pipeline, Colonial is saying now that they hope to have the uh, whole thing operational again by the end of the week. Why is this so important? Because Colonial say they supply 45% of the fuel used on the U.S. East Coast, they reckon. And the FBI has named a uh, Russian criminal group as uh, being behind the attack. I, I just don't get, why do, why do you have to have a, a pipeline connected to the internet? <laughs> why? If you didn't, you wouldn't have any of these problems. But anyway, let's look at the uh, the Aussie retail numbers yesterday. They were down in Q1, uh, but we were expecting that, weren't we? Because we had that really strong read in Q4. And of course, you know, they're still well above pre-pandemic levels. So uh, a bit of adjustment, perhaps. Yes, uh, I suppose that this all comes down from uh, from the huge number that we saw in, in Q4. So there was over 2.4% quarter on quarter. So there was a little bit of, if you like, a payback due. Um, um, and then we certainly got that. So I suppose from a a mm. accounting perspective, uh, this this would be a small drag to to the Q1 GDP number. Um, but importantly, um, our economists have highlighted that when you look at the details, what is encouraging is that we've seen a significant increase on the services side. So in cafes, restaurants, takeaways yeah. are lifting significantly. So that's encouraging. Lots of crushed avocado on toast for breakfast has been driving. Yes, up, and, and a sign of how the economy is reopening and is favouring the service sector. Yeah. Of the economy. All right, not much reaction to the NAB business survey yesterday either, was there? Although, uh, you know, the, a bit of evidence there of inflationary pressures too. Yes, I, I suppose the, the headline numbers are, are worth noting that conditions rose Eight points uh, to 32 and confidence rode nine points to, to 26. Uh, very, very encouraging numbers and a reflection that, you know, the business conditions and, 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 um, and confidence is, is rising on a, on a very, very elevated levels. So when we look at it from in terms of the breakdowns, it also tells us that the, there's an increase in capacity utilization, which means that, you know, uh, companies are looking to employ more people and to invest in the, in the, in the, in the business. So it's all very encouraging, but there's also, uh, you know, those price pressures that are, that we've been seeing evident, not only in Australia, but in other parts of the world as yeah. well. Yeah. And the budget tonight, of course, we talked about this uh, quite a bit yesterday with Tapas. And, the, you know, the whole point that if the deficit falls as expected, it actually might be, you know, understated because iron ore might be actually higher than they've, they've put in their figures. Then that places pressure on the RBA, doesn't it, to cut back on, on bond buying, if, uh, particularly, if, you know, because we're seeing less bonds being issued. Yes. And, and we got a hint of that from uh, RBA uh, Debel last week when he talked about the fact that they are mm. very much aware of that. They Even when you compare it against other central banks, that they're buying a lot more than uh, on a relative basis compared to what others are doing. So that is certainly a, an extra a, a stimulatory measure that, that, that the RBA is, is providing. And as you say, if, if the issuance is going to be less than projected, it does mean that uh, all else equal, if the RBA continues to buy at the current rates, it will become even more stimulatory than, than what is current the case. So there's an argument yeah. there for them to calibrate it uh, back to, to where we were prior to right. that. So, 
we have to wait and see. And more uh, inflation news from China as well. Uh, so we get the, the CPI numbers and the PPI, so we can see how their supply chain costs are, uh, are being hit. And uh, we also get ANZ electronic card transactions uh, as well uh, for New Zealand and the Zoo survey, the confidence survey for, for Germany. But out of that, obviously, it's those inflation numbers out of China, isn't yes, it? Yes. And uh, if anything, the, the PPI numbers uh, would be the interesting one. The, mm. there's, there's an expectation there for a decent jump to 6.5% year on year from 4.4 uh, in in March. So that again as you say the, is the you know the inputs uh, cost and, and commodities obviously playing a big part of that uh, playing into that and and if anything this is just the beginning so commodity prices have continued to rise so as and when the main numbers come mm. they're, they're probably going to be even higher so it, it does kind of it's a reminder that it, these things take take the time to to play out from the from the input side into the consumer side and it's certainly pointing to to yeah. upward pressures absolutely all over the world well good to talk with Rodrigo uh, we'll catch you again very soon thanks for coming on thanks for your cheers and that's it that's your Tuesday morning on the morning call I'm Phil Dobby for NAB I'm back again tomorrow morning bright and early see you then have a great day